You're listening to After the Whistle Sports with Chase, Dylan, and Dylan. Hello and welcome to After the Whistle with Chase, Dylan, and Dylan. Today we're just going to be talking, uh, it's our first edition, about trade deadline, which was today. Um, a little bit about the NBA All-Star Game and some college basketball. Alright, so I'll start it off with the first trade that we will be talking about. It was the Knicks trading uh, Porzingis to the, Dallas, to the Dallas Mavericks for Dennis Smith. Um, the trade involved Christoph Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke. And the Knicks got Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round picks. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that trade? Um, so, from the Mavericks' perspective, I actually really like this trade because pairing uh, a guy like Kristaps, who can knock down big shots, who uh, I think he would actually be a really good addition for Luka Doncic uh, to have an extra weapon there. Right now, it's really just, just uh, Luka... Uh, in Dallas, and there's really no one else that can uh, be an offensive threat, and so I think that uh, adding Kristaps will add another factor to the Dallas offense, and I think it'll bring them up to the next level this year, and in the future, I think that they could be a possible uh, championship caliber duo. Yeah, I mean, I think it was this was a great trade for the Mavericks. I don't love it for the Knicks, but I mean, he didn't want to be on the team anymore. So they traded him away. I think that having Dirk Nowinski will really help him develop, especially with uh, Luka Doncic and all of them being former EuroLeague players and all from Europe. They all kind of come from the same background and can relate. So I think that'll be a really good trio um, going forward. And also, I think a big factor for the Knicks in this trade was that they got rid of a bunch of bad contracts. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, for example, Tim Hardaway Jr. had probably one of the worst value contracts in the NBA. By far. And um, they're, the Knicks are really hoping that in the future they can land a big free agent, whether that be Kyrie, Kevin whether Durant. that be Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard. Possibly Clay. I don't know if he wants to play there. Yeah, way. possibly Clay Thompson. So I think it's actually a win-win for both teams. And I kind of I, I like the Mavericks side a little bit better. But for the Knicks, it's completely understandable. Yeah, I mean, short-term for the Mavericks, I think this is a great trade. Long-term for the Knicks, it could potentially be good just based on who they get in the draft and free agents. Yeah, they also got a... They got going along with what you said, uh, the two future first-round picks, like, that could be huge for uh, the Knicks, depending on where they get yeah. the spot. So. Well, the Knicks are already probably going to get a top-three pick in this upcoming draft, which includes players like... Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett. Yeah, this Jay is one of the most stacked drafts we've had yeah, in a long a time. While, yeah. So, from the Knicks' perspective, this is actually a really good year and a good time to make a trade like this where you get rid of some of the pieces that you know won't be with you when you finally get to the level you want to play at. So, I, I actually like this trade. I think that both teams ended up with what they wanted. I mean, yeah, yeah, if they didn't want to make that trade, they wouldn't have. So we're going to get into the next trade here. Today, Markel Fultz was traded to the Orlando Magic. Um, former number one pick. Uh, hasn't been great. He's been dealing some, with some weird injury. Uh, nobody's really sure what's wrong with him, when he's going to be back. What do you guys think about this trade for Orlando and for uh, Philly? Yeah, so I, I was talking to uh, Dylan about this earlier today. And uh, in my opinion, I think this is a great trade for Markel Fultz. 
because I think what exactly what he needs is just a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the former number one overall pick. He had so much hype going into his NBA career, and then he had issues with his jump shot, free throws, and his overall confidence was just low. And in uh, Philadelphia, they weren't really handling the situation in the way which uh, Markel Fultz was comfortable in. And so I think for sure it's a win for Markel Fultz as a player. Mm-hmm. But I, I like this trade from uh, the Orlando Magic's perspective because they got someone who we know is talented. He's had, he's had uh, issues in the NBA. But we know at his uh, prime, in his peak performance, he can be a really game-changing player for them. Yeah. I also like this trade for the Magic because I think it's kind of similar to, like, the, in, in a way, to the Khalil Mack trade. Like, you know you're going to get someone that will produce opposed to, like, getting a first-round. They got a, they traded away a first-round pick. And so a with, second. And a second, yeah. But the, with the first-round pick, you don't always know where he's gonna where you're going to land and who you're going to get. But Markel Fultz, you know you're going to get someone of that talent and you know what he's capable of? I don't really know if you do know that because he hasn't really proved himself in anything in the league. I mean, I think for the 76ers, this is a better deal because you get a first and a second rounder. I think second rounders are, are underrated, especially with the amount of potential that a second round pick has. Um, obviously, the first round pick can be great. Yeah, sec- but also, yeah, yeah keep in mind the that the, uh, yeah, the first round pick that the Orlando Magic are receiving is the... Um, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder's first round pick, yeah, so and they're projected to be in the playoffs. So that pick loses a little bit of value, but again, a first I mean, round pick is a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. And for for Philadelphia, they get Jonathan Simmons, who is a pretty promising young player, uh, surrounded by the right pieces. He could be uh, solid for them. And I mean, you're getting picks in return for someone who you've basically given up on. The Sixers have given up on Markel Fultz. I think all of Philadelphia has given yeah. up on Markel Fultz. I think yeah. a lot of the NBA in, like, in general has. Yeah, so the, the 76ers got pretty solid value for someone who was really nothing to them at this point. Yeah, all right. So next trade we're going to go to is Tobias Harris. Uh, he wants to kick us off on that uh, one. I'll discuss that. So the 76ers are going to get Tobias, or did get Tobi- Tobias Harris, uh, Boban... Mark Janovic, I think, uh, Mike Scott, and Mike Scott, and the L.A. Clippers got Landry Shamit, Wilson Chandler, Mike uh, Muscala, Mus- oh boy, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick. Yeah, a lot of picks. Uh, and yeah, and just a couple other second-round picks. And I, personally, I like this for the 76ers a lot, because I think um, uh, Tobias Harris is gonna add like a new another element or like another weapon to like the the belt for them. Yeah, or plus like, he's a good defender. Yeah. So, but I also don't mind this for the LA Clippers because they're getting two. Uh, they're getting two first round picks, and they're also getting the twenty twenty one pick is from Miami, and Miami is not a very good program or yeah. a very good team right now. So that's gonna be a high overall pick or a low overall pick, I guess you would say. So I really like that for both teams. Yeah, I mean, this trade, I think the 76ers had that one last piece that they needed to make a deep playoff run, and I think this was that piece that they were looking for, and they definitely got that um, with Tobias Harris, so I think that they're thrilled to get this. I don't I don't hate it for either side, um, but I think this is great for the 76ers. It's the final piece they needed in their plan to like go far and possibly win the NBA championship, so yeah. 
Yeah, in my opinion, uh, people are talking a lot about Tobias Harris, Harris, which is okay because he's an outstanding player. He's going to be great for uh, the 76ers. But you also realize that getting a backup center in uh, Boban Marjanovic, who can be a solid uh, fill-in whenever Embiid needs to come out of the game, I think that's really valuable and it adds a lot of depth to that team. And I just have a question for you guys. Does this trade make the 76ers the front-runner for the East? Uh, I, I don't know, because especially with the Bucks, who are great. I, there's At the beginning of the season, people said that the East was trash, uh, but honestly, it's looking better than people thought, and I don't know if they can be a potential winner, but I think they'll go far in the playoffs. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I don't want to s- say anything to, like all these pieces come together and they learn how to play together, but I think it's either them or the Bucks. Yeah, and I also will get into the... Um, uh, a trade that the Raptors made. Yeah, even the Raptors, you think? With Kawhi, I mean, I mean, I always think I like he's kind of Kawhi is kind of like my Tom Brady per se in the NBA. Like I can't bet against him, so I wouldn't count them out, but I wouldn't like put on my number one spot to definitely win the East. I think we could all agree on though that right now in the Eastern Conference, it's a three-team race oh, between 100%. the Bucks, 76ers, and the uh, well, I mean the Celtics. The, the Celtics. I think they're also, overrated. Uh, yeah, I think they're. I. I mean, what are they going to compete with the Sixers and they the? They can't. And the I, I don't. Bucks I would. Champions. I would. I would throw a, a healthy Celtics team in that mix for the Eastern Conference for, with a healthy 76ers team too. With a healthy 76ers team, with with we're we're saying that all things right. equal, that Toronto is healthy too, and I I think that the Celtics can make a run too, with with Kyrie. If you have Jason Tatum playing like he did last year in the playoffs, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. The one thing is, if they can make it to the playoffs, they have experience on their side. Because True. Because yeah. that whole team just made it, I mean... Last year. Pretty far yeah, last and they, year. And they really weren't supposed to even make it yeah. that far mm-hmm. last year. And mm-hmm. That's the issue with the 76ers, is none of them have, like, true, solid playoff experience. Yeah. Um, on to our next trade. Uh, Porter for Jabari Parker... And Bobby Porter's in a second. Uh, as from a Bulls fan perspective, this is really an awful trade. Bobby Porter was showing so much uh, uh, promise in what he could be become. He was dropping 20 points a game. He was getting a ton of rebounds. And then you trade him, and including Jabari Parker, who in the offseason you paid a ton of money to. Yeah, but he, he doesn't want to play there. They don't want him. He's, they don't want him in the rotation. He's been played. What has he played for like three games here? He hasn't played any. So let's say let's say we even take out Jabari Parker, okay? And then you're left with Portis for Otto Porter. Okay. And if you just compare the stats and you just compare uh, the future that both these players could have, I would much rather have Portis than Otto Porter. And Otto Porter, he's been solid, but he's only averaging 12 points per game. And he hasn't really reached what he was thought to have been. I, I would consider him kind of a bust. He was, he was a top five pick in the draft. I, I would say he's kind of a bust, and I think the Bulls made a really bad move here. Well, see, I disagree with that. Because I think it doesn't matter. We are bad, either way. They're in, they're in tank mode. They don't it, care if they it, win it, or it not. It doesn't matter. At this point, we're building around. We just got to uh, suck for a couple more years. Let our team literally get to rock bottom, like below this, and then we can start making good and, trades. And I, I, I agree with that. And I think Portis would have been a really big part of the Bulls' future moving forward. I, I mean, I, I don't know, because, I mean, we still have Markin as a big man. 
And I'm fine building a, a team around Markinen and Levine. With, I guess you could throw in Kristoff. I, that, that's My, I, I understand that, and I, I understand that maybe Portis isn't the guy that they need for the future. Yeah, they've they've had problems with him in the past too, with the fight that he was yeah, in and all that. They have, they have well, they, they got rid of Miritich, though. True, but but still. But my issue is why why would they even do this trade? Like, what's the benefit for getting Otto Porter to get worse? Take, well, they don't care. They don't care at all. We need to be literally la- dead last in the league. We want Zion. We need, I, I, I know it becomes down to a lottery at the end. But well, the top three picks get the top yeah. three, and the top three is stacked. Yeah, and we need one of those guys. We cannot even risk trying to win win games. We need to lose every game. Yeah. All right, on to the next trade. Uh, Marcus Saul, who's been with the Grizzlies, um, was traded to Toronto. Um, what do you guys think about this? Uh, I think it's a really good trade for Toronto. Uh, you're getting a guy who has playoff experience, who's a veteran, who's been in situations... Uh, like conference championships before, and I I think it's a it's a good idea for the Toronto Raptors to go out and get a guy like this. And of course, he comes with the talent, and I I think it fills a need. Valanciunas was pretty good on that team. Yeah. But Gasol is just another level. You know you, what you're getting out of him. You know you're getting a solid player who's gonna work for you and will score you points and be clutch if you need him. Yeah, I I I mean yeah, you guys can kind of say. Yeah. By, by the so. way. Uh, with making this trade, the Raptors now have two players who have won Defensive Player of the Year multiple times. Yeah, I mean, the, I, yeah. exactly, even with that trade, I don't know how people are counting them out of the East. I think they have a good chance of winning the East, especially with Kawhi. Kawhi is such a quiet but dominant and lethal player. He, he's going to put the dagger in on anybody that comes across him, I think. So, I, I know, I, I like agree. I think Kawhi is, I mean, great. I think Marcus Gasol is great. But I think the difference is defense can only carry you at this point in the league. Defense can only carry you so far. I mean, I, I don't disagree. Like, yeah, I agree. I disagree with that too. I, I disagree because if you have Marcus Gasol and you have mm-hmm. Kawhi and you you have uh, other pieces, they have a couple of they just have a good team defense right. defensive system. I'm pretty sure they're they're uh, either one or two in defensive efficiency. Uh, so far in the NBA. That's without Marcus Gasol. And that's without Marcus Gasol. And you're adding Marcus Gasol, who can match up on any big man mm-hmm. and uh, play really good post-defense. In my opinion, that's huge for the Raptors. Agreed. And it's it's definitely going to make it interesting in the playoffs once you get a team like the 76ers match up with the Raptors. Yes. And you'll, you'll see how their defense really uh, guards Joel Embiid. Or yeah, I think Mark Gasol could easily shut down Joel Embiid any day of the uh, week. But then, then but you put Kawhi on Ben Simmons, and then you have you, you basically have it there. And then, who, then who are they going to look for, for for points? Exactly. Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. I I feel like the the Raptors will let Tobias Harris uh, agreed get more opportunities than Joel Embiid. Yeah. All right. We'll see. <laughs> oh, this just in: the Pelicans released Markeith Morris. Just saying. All right. All right, next trade, uh, Robin Lopez. The Bulls are just buying out Robin Lopez, buying out his contract, getting rid of him. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, the Bulls are pretty irrelevant now. So, uh, I he, he's not really a big part. He's old now. Mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't really matter. This really isn't very relevant. All right, and then also on that note, Enos Cantor was cut from the Knicks today. I don't, I don't love this because I, I feel like he's been pretty efficient for them, and they just got rid of him. What do you think? It's it's all for just the cash. It's the, the what the Knicks are trying to do is they're just trying to get as much salary caps they possibly can in order to go into the offseason with a chance 
at getting some of these top free agents. I think it's also a, a bit of a tank mode, too. Because, I mean, they're getting rid of Porzingis, they're getting rid of Cantor, who isn't, like, a star, but he's decent. I, I think they're trying to tank. All right, yeah, plus Cantor had a really bad contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Knicks are famous for that. Um, next, Nikola Meritich was traded from the New Orleans Pelicans uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks in, in exchange for multiple second-round picks, Stanley Johnson and Jason and Jason Smith. Uh, I, I personally think this trade's great for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. They needed a guy like this, and another guy that you know is going to be there, you know what you're getting from him. Yeah. Yeah, this is an amazing trade for the Bucks, because what the Bucks really didn't have is they had size, they had athleticism, they had Giannis playing out of his mind uh, in MVP caliber form, and you have Chris Middleton who's a knockdown shooter. But other than that, other than Chris Middleton, they didn't have, really have that many shooters, and so to bring in uh, Miritich, who you know is going to make shots, and uh, who's been a good, really good defensive player. Uh, in the NBA, or offensive player in the NBA, I think it's a really good trade for them. Yeah, see, this is, um, I think this is, a, again, another reason why I'd put the Bucks, if not number one, two for sure, up there, because now that they've got another shooter, another weapon, he can play defense uh, as well as he needed to, I, I think the Bucks are going to be a, a strong team, like, uh, better than they are right yeah, now. Yeah, and this is actually really interesting to me, because coming into the season, with LeBron going to LA and uh, all these different moves happening in the free agency, the East I, was open. I, I th- well, I thought the East was open, and I also thought that the East maybe wasn't going to be as um, entertaining as the West because then you have LeBron going against the Warriors. Uh, but I've actually been wrong. I feel like I came into the season thinking that the East was just going to be. The Raptors with Kawhi and then the 76ers. Agreed, yeah. Uh-huh. And maybe Boston. I, yeah, maybe Boston. The fact that the Celtics are are in this and the, uh, the Bucks seem to be the front runner for the conference. I, I've been really interested in how the East is going to play out. And I'm just wondering for your opinion. Who do you think is going to end up being the champion of the East? I think that the champion of the East is going to be the Raptors just because of experience. I think the Bucks are a young team, but the, the Raptors have people who have been in the playoffs before, who have won championships, guys like Kawhi, guys like Marcus Gasol. Um, I, I think that nobody can stop him in the playoffs just because Kawhi is so dominant. Um, and I think they're being slept on right now by a lot of people. I, I would disagree with you. I think the Bucks are going to be the top right now. I mean, Giannis is almost unguardable. I mean, I wouldn't say he's unguardable, but he's just about that level. And and they were I mean they're good enough right now to be considered a front runner. They just had Nikola Mirotic. I think that makes him a front runner. I think um, I I just can't sleep on the uh, uh, Giannis. So that's I think the box. Yeah, and also I just looking at the rankings now. Uh, right now um, it's the box Raptors Celtics Pacers. And don't sleep on the Pacers. If they're playing this well without Oladipo, who suffered a knee injury earlier... With him, I would consider them, but without him, I, I, can't, yeah, I can't bring I, myself I don't think they're going to yeah. s- sustain this level of play throughout the year. Uh, then you have the 76ers. Yeah, okay, and so... Okay. I, yeah. I, I want to say that the Celtics are going to win the East, just because Brad Stevens is an amazing coach. They have Kyrie, Jason Tatum. They've been there before. They've been really close to going to a championship 
only LeBron stood in their, their way, really, both times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm going to agree with Dylan here. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I, I just think it's their year. And Giannis is playing, like, uh, out of his mind. Yeah, out of his mind. And he's really changing how the game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a time where we're so used to seeing uh, smaller guards who just shoot, to have Giannis like, be a forward who's a point guard. And 360 windmill dunking every single play. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that Giannis, usually in the league now, uh, most of the MVP candidates are really dominant players, half to be able to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Giannis can't really shoot the three. He's just so dominant and so athletic. That it, it really changes this team. You add, plus you add in Chris Middleton, who's a good shooter, Miritich. Uh, they also have Brooke Lopez, who's been outstanding at the three point line this year. It's it's pretty weird, but he's completely changed his game to fit the style of this team. Yeah, and I they're pretty well coached, uh, good defensively, good in transition. I have them being the winners of the Eastern Conference this year. So another reason that I think they might uh, or they will is because. I know this is not the same as playoff experience, but Giannis has had so much hype to his name, like All-Star, uh, team captain of the All-Star game. I mean, I think that that's a lot of hype. That's a lot of hype going into, like, going into someone who isn't like that experienced in the playoffs. So I think he might, he's, he should be pretty fine with all the hype around, uh, revolving around him. Okay, so on to the biggest story of... Probably the past week and a half, two weeks in the NBA is Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis requested a trade from the Pelicans, gave them a list of paper on who he wants to go to. His two main priorities were the Lakers and the Knicks. Um, so he actually was not traded, and the Pelicans plan to let him play for. He's going to play uh, for the rest of the season for the Pelicans. We're assuming he's going to be traded after the season. Um, but yeah, so the rest of the season. What do you think? What do you think is gonna happen? Should they have pulled the trigger and traded him? What do you think they should have done with him? My my biggest takeaway from this whole situation, which by the way is so weird, the <laughs> fact that the Lakers were offering uh, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram two first round picks, and the Pelicans just declined and said no, they wanted four first round picks. Or even I saw something that said they wanted six. Picks. I said I saw six to eight. Yeah, yeah. I saw six. Six to eight picks. And first it, round picks. It's now round been. Yeah. People are speculating that the Pelicans never actually wanted to make a deal. Yeah, I heard. Th- I, I heard that too. Yeah, that they just kind of wanted to mess with it, and mess with it they did. Uh, if you look at how the Lakers have been playing recently and just the team morale, it's been really low. It, it looks like a team that their players are fighting for a spot to stay on the team, mm-hmm. and uh, you have tensions with LeBron, tensions between players. Lance Stevenson's whack, like always, but. Um, <laughs> I think this is a great move by the Pelicans. It's it's really genius if you think about it. They never wanted to make a trade. They just kept uh, leaking these possible deals, saying no, requesting outrageous uh, assets. And then Lakers, declining them after they get them. Yeah. And w- what the Pelicans want to do is they don't care what Anthony Davis thinks. I feel like that's one of the biggest things that is a takeaway from this, is that Anthony Davis came out there and said that he gave a list of teams that he would re-sign with, the Pelicans don't care. The Pelicans no, are trying yeah, to give, send him a message and send all the players, to be honest, a message that you can't dictate what trades will happen. You, you can't just show up one day at practice and say, I don't want to be here. Trade me to 
uh, a team with LeBron or t- trade him to the Bucks with Giannis. Yeah, and that's something that I think is going on in the NBA now that players are getting the misconception that they can just request a trade, they'll get a $50,000 fine, that's nothing to them, and they'll go to a different team and they'll win a championship. And that's the exact same thing as, as getting super teams, except you made the decision to sign with that team unless you were drafted, then it's a different case, but you made the decision to re-sign with the team, which Anthony Davis did, got a huge contract, like all he could ask for, and still wants to be traded. I think it's selfish from a lot of these players. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think it, it is a great move by the Pelicans. I think it's starting to dict- It's gonna dictate and go a lot farther than just like, oh, this week. I think it's going to be looked at by the NFL, uh, even the NHL, all the uh, the MLB, where you can't just get off the boat when it's sinking. Like, you gotta, you gotta keep with it, and there won't be any super teams after... Maybe this. Well, I think there still will be, just not through but, trades. Yeah, for, it's a free agency. For free agency, yeah. But that, that's always how super teams have been formed. If you think about it, a team like the Pelicans, why would they want to give the Lakers? It's super teams, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. just going to just gonna hurt Plus, them and their chances. Even before all this debunking of uh, the Pelicans never actually wanted to make a trade, or that they were just leaking these trade deals to cause tension within the Lakers locker room, I knew before that that the Pelicans aren't going to make a deal. And you know why? They don't need to. The, the, the Pelicans can wait till this summer, see all these offers. The Celtics can join in, uh, maybe give up uh, Jason Tatum picks. Because what the Lakers don't have that the Celtics have and that the Pelicans actually want is a bunch of first-round picks. Mm-hmm. The, the Celtics have a ton of first-round picks. And that, that's the most important thing for the Pelicans right now. And so I think that the Pelicans are going the route of just waiting it out, seeing all your deals. I mean, I bet during the summer the Lakers are going to offer a deal anyways. Yeah, they will. And that deal, give, I bet it's going to be the same deal too. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no point in giving Anthony Davis up now. You don't need to. Yeah. Um, so just, do you guys, anything else or you want to move on from that? I just want to quickly yeah. add on that. I also like that from the, uh, I, Smith already touched on it, or Dylan already touched on that a little bit, about creating tension in the locker room. But I think that's creating noise around the uh, NBA and showing how desperate the Lakers are and how much they really want it this year. And I bet guys like Lonzo Ball and Kyle Kuzma are in the locker room. They're rattled that they're off, that the Lakers are offering them up, getting in their own heads, and that's what the Pelicans wanted all along. Yeah, yeah. And this, this, what this says, the fact that these trade deals didn't go through and that they were leaked so people could see all the assets and players involved, if I'm sitting there and I'm Lonzo Ball and I'm looking at this and seeing that Magic Johnson would be willing to trade me and all my teammates, teammates for one player who, has, who hasn't really done anything for the organization. I wouldn't want to play for him. I, yeah. Because he, he doesn't have trust in you. You shouldn't have trust in him. And I think that's something that, I mean, as much as I don't want to say this, that LeVar Ball kind of called out the entire Lakers team today. He said that Luke Walton's a trash coach. Kyle Kuzma would be nothing without Lonzo. Um, that Magic doesn't is like a trash owner, like all this stuff, and just called everybody out. And honestly, he's right. I mean, it's garbage what's going on with that what, team. What the Pelicans just did might have been the destruction of a Lakers dynasty with LeBron and all these young players. Because I actually liked the direction the team was going. I think that in the future, Lonzo and LeBron could be a very lethal, uh, duo. lethal yeah, duo. Kuzma uh-huh. being just a pure scorer and also a, uh, a really good defender. Then you have Brandon Ingram, who hasn't, who has, he's been playing better lately. And not I, great. 
not great, but I think he's starting to get better. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see how that turns out with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. But the Lakers had three really good young players. And, and what they're offering they de- to just give them up. Yeah. And what they decided to do is they decided to make those players feel like they don't belong there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's now a defunctional team. And I, I think what the Pelicans did was completely destroy LeBron's chance of having a championship team with those players. And it was genius on their part. I, I mean, that's exactly yeah, what they wanted to genius. do. I, I honestly think that that non-trade might have been the best non-trade ever. Like, yeah. going on, because that team could have been a dynasty. That team could have very easily won three championships with that, like, core. And mm-hmm. we're replacing a lot of blame on the Lakers' uh, front oh, office, oh. Magic Johnson... Do you guys think uh, LeBron is any part in this? I, no. I don't think he is a part, he, but I think, got he, might, to. Okay, I think but, he might have influenced it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like with, like, with the Cavs, I think he was their general oh, yeah. manager. He said he wanted somebody, they went, they went out and got him, no matter who it was. But with the Lakers, I think he has some say, but I don't think he has nearly I, as much say as he did in Cleveland. Right, so, so I agree with that. So you're saying that Magic Johnson is making these deals, and, and you think that LeBron had no say I, at all in what the deal could have been? That's complete... I, no, that's. I would disagree with t- what kind of what you're saying. I think he didn't have. I didn't think he had. Oh, we're trading these guys, and that's that's final. Mm-hmm. But I think he could have said, "Oh, well, do we really want Kyle Kuzma still here?" Or like, I don't know if I want okay, to play with Alonzo and stuff like that. Well, well, my point is, the players know that LeBron had a say in this. Yes, but, well, and but the players don't know how much say he has. Yes, but it, even if he had a little bit of a say. These players know that LeBron, who's their teammate, didn't have their back. Okay? And that, that just creates a, a separation in the locker room between LeBron, who was going into L.A. trying to win championships, and the rest of the players. See, I, I would agree, but slightly disagree. Because I agree with, like, not having their back is a serious issue, but they're still playing with LeBron James, and they know... Potentially, on no matter how bad the situation is, they could still end up winning a championship. No. They brought a, a Cleveland Cavaliers team. Of to nobody's. Like I mean, players ten times worse than Lonzo. Yeah, but to guess a what? championship. Each player on that Cavs team n- knew their part. They knew their role. They mm-hmm. knew what they had to do in order to win. Now, if you look at this Lakers team, I don't even think they could play together. If you look at the past couple of games they've had, they've looked awful. Uh, they lost by forty points to the Pacers. Yeah. The biggest deficit that LeBron has faced in his career, in his career, and that's not a coincidence. That's that that that's happening. The timing, this, yeah, the timing. I think that this Lakers team. I think Magic Johnson and LeBron ruined this Lakers team. Absolutely ruined them. I don't think you can count LeBron in on that. I don't. I'm gonna count LeBron in. I don't think you can. I don't think you can say Le- Magic Johnson and LeBron. I think you just gotta keep it up, Magic Johnson. I'm gonna disagree. I. LeBron for sure had a say in this. I, I said it. I think he has a say, but I don't think he's so a big say. Okay, I don't, the fact that he has, the fact that he even knew about this stuff going in makes the players think, oh, well, he's my teammate, but he seems to be uh, not willing to stand up for me, and he seems to be okay with us just leaving and getting someone else that he thinks is more value to the Lakers franchise than us. Well, we don't necessarily know if he didn't stand up. He could have. Yeah, no. For some players, nothing like... He's like no, Lonzo. He liked playing with Lonzo. He said uh, he said he does, and they've been productive yeah. together. Are you gonna tell me yeah. he was just like trade him away? I don't care. I I, I don't I I disagree. I, I think I'm not blaming LeBron for this. I'm just saying what he caused caused dysfunction in the locker room. I I agree with LeBron that he, this team that he has right now isn't gonna win a championship. And so what he decided to do is he he and Magic Johnson, the Lakers front office, 
They're, what they're trying to do is they're just trying to get rid of the young pieces and try to build for now instead of for the future. Yeah. And so if you're some of those young pieces and young players, you're, you're kind of you're being rattled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's upsetting for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on. Has to do with LeBron. NBA All-Star Game, two captains, Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James. Uh, LeBron had the first pick and took Kevin Durant, and then Giannis uh, took Steph. And then the starters for LeBron's team are him, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden. And then Giannis' starters are Steph Curry, Giannis, uh, Joel Embiid, Paul George, and Kemba Walker. Um, and then the bench is for Team LeBron, Anthony Davis, who we talked about possibly getting traded there, um, Clay Thompson, who also might sign there in free agency, uh, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, which we'll talk about a little bit later, LaMarcus Aldridge, Carl Anthony Towns, Bradley Beal, and then in the special round, Dwayne Wade. Giannis's bench is uh, Chris Middleton, Nikolai Jokic, uh, Russell Westbrook, who's also with what we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, Blake Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, um, Vojvic, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Vucevic. Vucevic, uh, Kyle Lowry, and the special player is Dirk. Uh, whose team do you think? Whose team do you like? Who do you think is going to win it? Team Giannis is by far the superior team in this. If you just look at the size they have, plus the shooting, so you have Giannis, who's going to probably run a guard position, which mm-hmm. that already is pretty unfair. If I That's know lethal, team. yeah. Uh, then you have Curry, who can pull up from anywhere and make any shot. Mm-hmm. Then you have uh, Embiid. So pairing Giannis and Embiid, the two best big men in the NBA, I mean, I feel like that's a really big uh, advantage for Team Giannis over Team LeBron. Because if you look at Team LeBron's uh, big men, they have uh, him, him, uh, Durant. That's it. Yeah. I mean, Kawhi. Kawhi. I think that uh, Team Giannis has a really big advantage over this. Just because of size? Just because of size. And plus, I love the pick where he got uh, Nikola Jokic who, in my opinion, should have been a starter. I think he's up there with uh, Joel Embiid and Giannis for best big men. I mean, I would, in some cases, I would put Jokic as a more important player to his team than Giannis. Than, no, than Embiid to the uh, uh, 76ers. And Jokic has, has had an outstanding season, multiple triple-doubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, any given night, he can go off for 30 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. And the fact that Giannis has him... Coming off the bench, uh, it shows how good of a team Giannis is. I, I want to quickly talk about uh, the Nuggets. I'm telling you, in the future, it might be a very good team to watch out for. Wow. If if Michael yeah, Porter comes off an injury, though, uh, uh, with his talent that he could have, I forgot that, that could be. A, uh, I forgot that he was with them. That could be a very scary team. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, they have Isaiah Thomas coming back at some point. He's, he's not good. I, I, you can't excuse what happened in Boston a couple years ago, though. How do you explain that? How do you explain that was what happened? How do you explain what happened with Jeremy Lin in New York for seven years ago? That's a good point. Yeah, but Jeremy Lin was a couple of weeks, a month. So Isaiah, was Isaiah Thomas. Thomas. Isaiah Thomas led his team to the playoffs. There was no one else on that team. There was no one else. He scored forty points against LeBron. He's overrated. Multiple occasions. Overrated. I, I'm gonna disagree. I think now he's not gonna be as good because of the injuries and stuff. But I think if he's healthy, he's definitely a good asset for him to have. And he doesn't need to play 40 minutes a game. He can kind of start to rely on yeah, Jokic. He's, he's the backup point guard. Yeah, he can start to, yeah. yeah, they have Jamal Murray, uh, Gary Harris over there, which those two at guard position Underrated. might... Yeah, definitely. I think they're up there with uh, Thompson and Curry in terms of Western Conference uh, backcourts. Yeah, I, so I, I'm telling you, I like the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets, not this year, but I think next year might be the team to talk about. 
I mean, this year they're only one game behind the Warriors for first place in the West. It's but still, it's so early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you also have teams like the Thunder, the Trailblazers, the Rockets, who I mean, we can get into a little bit of the Rockets maybe later. Yeah. Um, but the West is just as competitive as the uh, East, which is very interesting because uh, the Warriors at this point are usually really far ahead. And they're and, not. And, yeah. yeah, they're not. And I don't know if that's the Warriors not playing as well or the Nuggets and the uh, Thunder, uh, Rockets, Blazers, um, just playing really good basketball at this time. And if you have the, the Jazz as a seventh seed, that, that's a good seventh seed. It's definitely not a gimme game. I think there's a lot of teams in the West that are being slept on. I think we're talking about a lot about the East. Just because it's up for grabs, I think it's assumed, just because of the past, that the Warriors are just going to take the West with ease. I think a lot of teams are not being taken into account. The Nuggets, the Jazz... A lot of teams. I think the Kings are an up-and-coming team that have a lot of young people, too, that in the future, they're going to be insane, I think. I I still think the Nuggets, if Michael Porter comes back and plays to his potential, I still think that team might honestly be the best team in the NBA when when it comes back, when it all pieces together. Yeah, and, and if you're just looking at pure big men in the NBA... Jokic is up there with 100%. some of the best. And if, if, yeah. you're counting, if you're counting Giannis as a guard, which he plays yeah. point guard, really, then it's you're like looking at... one through five. You're looking at Embiid. You're looking at Jokic. And then... Who Anthony else? Davis. A- Anthony Davis. But he's... A, uh, after he's, all this news, he's... he's gonna this, Yeah, his performance is going to decline. I would agree with that. Yeah. And Unless I, he's trying to prove a point, then... I, I don't know. But I, I don't know if you think... I don't know if he's going to decline. Would but, you want to... Uh, play for a team that was like, no, I'm not gonna trade you, or like purposely. He is no. Trade he you. is no Samus. Yeah, he doesn't. He is no yeah. I, but, but he, I've heard rumors. He, he, he wants play. to play basketball. Yeah, the, he doesn't uh, care what it's for. I've he heard wants the, to play basketball. I've heard rumors that the Pelicans would uh, sit Anthony Davis just so he won't get injured, so his value stays up. Yeah, I just heard that they just actually announced the team announced just now, like five minutes ago, that they were gonna play him for the season. Uh-huh. But going back to what I was saying about Jokic. Uh, I in some instances you can make an argument that says that Jokic is the best big man in the league, over Embiid. Mm, just know. because I'm just looking at the total production, talking about the uh, points, assists, the um, just the basketball IQ mm-hmm. plus the rebounds. Joel Embiid's a better athlete. No one can doubt that. But Jokic just seems to know the game more. And if I was gonna pick a team with a center that I was gonna build my team around, I would pick Jokic over Joel Embiid. Uh, I would I would agree to that. Mm. I don't know, maybe. Name, name another big man that could drop a 30-point, th- 15-rebound, 15-assist game. Are, are we counting Giannis? Joel are we counting Giannis? I, I, if Giannis we're, not, we're not counting Giannis. Okay, then I think I think Joel... I, it, doesn't, it doesn't really People matter. People want to play with either. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is the guy that's fired up, gets his teammates... that They want to play with him, uh, can rattle opponents easily. He also always has their back. Yeah, I, I agree, but if I was going to choose a big man to play with, it'd be Jokic. Yeah. Jokic just... Jokic gives you the best opportunities out of any big man in the league. He, he has insane court vision. He finds you where, wherever you are. Uh, he's an outstanding passer. He might be one of the best big man passers we've seen in the league. If, you, if you're just looking at the assist numbers he puts up, he has games where he has like uh, five more assists than he does rebounds. That's a big man. It's impressive. Yeah, I okay, I don't know. Um, so when we were talking earlier about the all-star teams, we talked about Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. How we'll get to it later. So Ben Simmons is on Team LeBron, and Russell Westbrook is on Team Giannis. But uh, Ben Simmons was originally drafted to the to uh, Team Giannis, and Russell Westbrook was originally drafted to Team LeBron. But LeBron James and Ben Simmons are pretty good friends. 
Um, I'm assuming LeBron wanted wanted Ben Simmons on his team, and so LeBron actually traded Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons, which is a new thing that we've seen in the All-Star game. We've never seen that before, especially with the first televised draft. We thought that was pretty interesting. Um, we're going to move on to some college basketball now. You want to start us off? Yeah, so we're just going to watch some big matchups uh, happening for the rest of the week. Uh, we only have... We only have uh, six more weeks left uh, until Selection Sunday, which it seems like the bas- college basketball season has just flown by. Yeah, it um, always does, though. But this is a good time of year because now you get the really good conference matchups that have a big effect on uh, the tournament. And teams are starting to kind of take their form, and they're starting to reach their maximum potential. There's still a lot of room, and some teams will actually get worse prize the, court- the season goes on. If they go on losing streaks, like we Michigan saw State. Michigan State. Some teams get better, like we see in Kentucky, who's been on a tear these past couple of games. Yeah. Uh, but let's go into our first matchup on Saturday. You have the number two ranked Duke Blue Devils against the number three ranked uh, Virginia Cavaliers. Um, who do you guys think is going to win this game? I know I, I know who I think, but you guys know. Uh, I think Duke. I mean, we saw earlier in the season when they played, Duke just it looked like they dominated them. The score might not. I mean, Duke beat them, um, but yeah, I, I think Duke destroys them, and I think Duke wins a championship. As I've as I've been saying, yeah. Well, I don't think you can call a championship, especially March Madness. But that's besides the point. I think Virginia might win this. I I'm telling you, that team is always. I mean, their defense. I I I mean, yeah, I don't even know. If there's any team that's gonna beat Duke, it's Virginia. Yeah. And Virginia's at home. It, oh, there. Yeah, any top five matchup that you have to play on the road, that's a it's that's tough. A, it's automatically a coin flip game. I'm not saying it's a tough one. I'm just saying I think Duke will win. I'm gonna disagree. I think that Virginia is gonna lock them down. I think they're at home. The crowd's gonna be really into it. I think that they're gonna determine the pace of play. The Duke Blue Devils like to push, 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 go into transition, and Virginia's the complete opposite. They lead the. Uh, College basketball and the amount of time per possession and the amount of possessions they have. Mm-hmm. And so I think with that being said, Virginia at home will control the pace of the game. And it's going to really frustrate uh, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish. Uh, I think Virginia's going to come out with a huge win here. And people forget that last year, because they lost to UMBC to a 16 seed uh, first game of the season for the first time ever, they only lost two games the entire season in the ACC. Yeah. They're, they are a really, really good program. But that's and, last year's team. You can't compare. Yeah, yeah. It's college basketball. You cannot compare two years and anything. I know. But if, you, if you compared last year's Duke team to this year's Duke team, this year's Duke team would blow them up by 35 points. Virginia didn't lose that much, though. I know. Going to the draft. They still have DeAndre Hunter. They still have Kyle Guy. That's uh, a good point. I, but it's college basketball, and you have to what other teams have, too. And because it's college basketball, that's what I'm going to say. Anything can happen when you're on the road in a top-10 matchup, let alone a top-5 matchup. So, uh, with that being said, Duke's the better team, in my opinion. Duke is the most talented team. Who do you think's going to win it all? Prediction. I, I early think, prediction. I think Duke will win it all, but I think Duke's going to lose this game. I, Yeah, I would agree. I also like this game because I think it's going like, to start to dictate how basketball is going to be played because this is going to be the number one offense going against the number one defense, in, in essence. And and I, I, think, I think the defense in this game... Is gonna prevail, especially at with home. what? Yeah, especially with like you said, at home, all that, all, all like the crowd, the tempo, all that. 
But I, I still think Virginia might be the team to knock off Duke in March Madness. If if they can, be, well, I know yeah. if Virginia and Duke are gonna be on opposite sides. Well, true. They'll, they'll both be number one seeds. Yeah. Unless yeah, something but happens. So, but if, but if, if Virginia, if you're saying, because you said that Virginia's going to win this game. It would have yeah. to be. If, if Virginia wins this game, then I would assume that Virginia would be one, one. Duke would be two. two. Tennessee, what about Tennessee? No, 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 Tennessee will be two. Duke I'll, I'll be. state my case about Tennessee in a little bit, but uh, let's, go to, let's go to another matchup real quick. Uh, Villanova at Marquette, this is also on Saturday. Villanova comes in ranked 14, and they've won 11 straight games. That's impressive. Uh, Marquette is ranked 10, and Marquette's a team that I think could be uh, maybe a team that's not a one seed or a two seed or like a three seed or a four seed. But as a sleeper team? That as a sleeper team that could win it all. Because this team, the Marquette team, besides Zion and maybe RJ, mm-hmm. and uh, if you're discounting Jay Moran on Murray State, I think Marcus Howard on Marquette is one of the top players. And he, he might be the most important player to his team. He's probably not the best. I would still say Zion is the best player in college basketball. Mm-hmm. But they have other pieces there. They, they don't necessarily need him that much. But Marquette's offense is Marcus Howard. And you've seen games early in the year where he's, he's dropped 50 points, 40 points, and made 10 threes in a single game. That, that, that stuff is, is pretty insane. And I think that Marquette at home is going to win a big matchup, and which they haven't really had. They haven't had a big win. Yeah. Uh, this year they've had quality wins, but they, they beat dropped. Wisconsin. They beat Wisconsin, but they've also lost Kansas State. With with Marquette, I think the biggest thing is if they want to win the conference, they have to win this game on Saturday night. I think this game is going to be a big deciding factor in the conference. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they if they want, I think in my opinion, if they want to win the conference, they have to win this game, and I think that's going to motivate them, and they know that too. Um, I think they're going to go out there, and I think they're going to dominate both sides of the game. So here's. I, this is just like an overall question. Marquette lost their last game. So, uh, they lost by one. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing they're on the road. Uh, yeah. No, they were home. Uh-huh. So, do you think, like, losing that last game to an unranked team, do you think that's going to affect them in the good or the bad? Because, in my opinion, it affects some teams good because they're like, yeah, we have to prove ourselves now. Or... It's like, oh, we just lost to a team that's not good. I think this is going to be something that's overall good for Marquette. (laughs) Because uh, after losing a game, especially at home, it it kind of is eye-awakening to see what you actually need to fix. And these players will be really motivated to get a quality win, a top 15 win uh, at home for the the school and for all the players there. I I think Marquette's going to win. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think Marquette's going to win, and I don't even think it'll be close. I think they're going to win by a significant amount. All right, um, should we go on to the next game? Uh, number 16, Louisville, versus number 22, Florida. Florida uh, State. Oh, Florida State, my bad. Uh, who do you have? Um, I think, uh, I usually, in college basketball, it's always good to go with the home team if, if there's uh, a close game. And that's what I'm going to do now. I'm going to go with Florida State. They have a really good height and length, and they gave Duke a really tough challenge because of how big they are and how much size they have. Uh, Louisville's a really good team. They've, they've won a bunch of quality games, which has been pretty surprising. They've probably been one of the most surprising teams we've had this year in college basketball. But uh, I'm going to go with Florida State winning this game at home. Uh, I am going to also agree. I don't like, <coughs> sorry, I don't like betting against the uh, home team, especially in any college sport, and with a close game, of course. Um, I also like, they played Duke to a two-point game, and Duke, as we've said many times, is 
probably one of the best, if not the best team in He's college basketball. Pro- uh, talented wise. And to compete with a team, or to compete with that caliber of a team to two points is incredible. And I, I think that f- this team, I think Florida State's team, again, is one of like the sleepers, per se, on a team to make a deep run into March Madness. Yeah, we saw it last year, and they're returning almost all their players. They have uh, they play with about almost four forwards on the court at a time. Uh, I saw a stat last year in the tournament that they had uh, four players in the starting lineup over uh, 6'9". And to have that type of length and athleticism and height, uh, you can be in any game. So they can defend all positions. They're outstanding shot blockers. Uh, they play post-in. Plus, they have some shooters on the outside. Uh, I, I like the Florida State team this year. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's another uh, another sleeper pick. Mm-hmm. So let's go on to uh, the Big Ten matchup of the week. We have number 19, Wisconsin, at number 7, Michigan. Um, you guys know where I stand. I'm a big Michigan fan. But I want to hear your opinion first. So I, I really hate, because I, I, I don't like Michigan. I really hate to go with Michigan. But I'm definitely going to go with Michigan for this game. I think, I mean, Michigan losing two games all season is, or so far, is very impressive. And like, both those games on the road in the Big Ten, and any any game on the road in the Big Ten is a tough game. Yeah. I mean, they've had a couple huge wins. I know this was a while back. I mean, they destroyed UNC. like Destroyed you know, Villanova. Didn't even look like a game. Won yeah. 11 straight. Uh, they, the, they lost to Iowa big. Which isn't great, but I. But it's still, college basketball. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. bad losses. Yeah, the I was I was ranked. They they're a really solid team, especially in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. where it's, where they could arguably send ten, uh, nine or ten or even eleven maybe depends how some teams play in the Big Ten tournament. They could send ten teams to the March Madness tournament, and that's an absurd number, uh, especially for the Big Ten, who usually doesn't have that deep of teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I think that to come out this far in the big in a really really competitive Big Ten conference, uh, to lose two road games to one ranked team, uh, or to two two ranked teams really, uh, to only lose only lose two games up until this point that's really impressive. Yeah, and that Wisconsin game was, I mean, yeah, that was it's a Big Ten game. You never know what can happen with that. Well, the difference was they were at Wisconsin, they were at Wisconsin. Um. They were at Wisconsin for their loss, and now they're home against Wisconsin. So, again, going along with the theme of what we've been saying, home teams are probably going to win. So I'm going to go with Michigan uh, as another reason. Yeah, I mean, I also am going to go with Michigan, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than than expected just because they're mad that um, they lost last time. So And I think Wisconsin Wisconsin's motivated to go out there and beat them again. So I think that, I think that that's going to be a win for Wisconsin. Um, our next thing we're going to talk about is Tennessee is at the top, number one ranked in college basketball. Um, to me, this is interesting. I don't love this. I don't hate it either. I just kind of stand neutral on this. Um, what do you guys think about this one? So I can understand where uh, the AP and the coaches poll is sitting at with having Tennessee at number one. Because they only have one loss, they're in a power conference. They've uh, had some pretty good uh, um, non-conference wins. Mm. Um they beat uh, Gonzaga uh, on a neutral court, mm-hmm. and they've had a, a bunch of other top uh, fifteen, top twenty-five wins. But 
I feel like we're really going to see what type of team Tennessee is late in the season when they uh, are going to play Kentucky three times. If Well, they're going to play at least two times. Twice, at, um, yeah. But it's probably going to be three if they both go to the uh, championship game. Of the which NBA is assumed. Game. Which Yeah, which is assumed. Cause those are the two uh, best teams in the mm-hmm. SEC. And it's a one-ranked and five-ranked team mm-hmm. also. Yeah, and the, the only reason that I think Tennessee's uh, maybe better than Duke is because they have Grant Williams, who's right up there with Zion mm-hmm. for a player of the year. I think Zion would slightly edge him out just because it's Zion. Mm-hmm. But Grant, Grant Williams is really an outstanding player. He uh, can shoot the three, he can score almost at will. Mm-hmm. Um, he's an outstanding free throw shooter. There, there was a game where he made 21 straight free throws. Which for a big man is unheard of. Is unheard of. Tennessee blocks a ton of shots. Mm-hmm. Great defensive team. Um, they also have uh, Admiral, Schof- Ad- Admiral Schofield, who going along with Grant Williams, uh, is just an outstanding duo. Both those guys were up for um, Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which to have a team that has two Player of the Year candidates, that's not Duke. Duke, yeah, it's, it's it, crazy. It's or insane. Kentucky or. And I'm going to be interested to see how Tennessee plays down the stretch, stretch, especially in those games against Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if Tennessee could maybe uh, win two out of those three games, I think that Tennessee will be looked at as um, right up there with Duke as favorites to win it all. Yeah, so I'm looking at their, at their past games right now, yeah. and none of these games are close games. They blow Wait, out every single team they true. play. Um, they're, I'm looking, their past 10, that's 15 games are all... 10, 15, 20, 40 point wins. Vanderbilt. And against good Alabama. teams too, like Gonzaga, they beat um, they beat them by three. That was their closest game out of their last like 20. They lost to Kentucky. But other than that, that was their only loss of the season. So those are that's a great team. Um, and I think that they're I think they're an outstanding team and they have potential to go far this year. I so I don't really care, honestly. Because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Duke and Tennessee are most likely going to be a one seed. No, oh, yeah. So it doesn't really, honestly, it doesn't really matter what the what the polls say or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think Tennessee deserves to be the number one seed or the number one ranked team because again, one loss in college basketball is pretty incredible. Um, they uh, yeah, like like Smith said, they played they played uh, Gonzaga away or neutral. And to play a, a team that good, or a, especially they were hot at that point. They didn't they just beat Duke before that, so they were pretty hot considering Duke was supposed to be a team that was never supposed to lose, and they they beat them. I I, I think Tennessee's a good team. Yeah. Um. So for our last topic here today, we're gonna talk a little bit about Kyler Murray. Um. Backstory for anybody that doesn't know. Kyler Murray's a player who played at Oklahoma, played both football and baseball, won the Heisman Trophy, took his team to the college football playoff semifinals, um, and lost. But still, I mean, a great player in football, a great player in baseball. Um, hasn't totally decided his future. He's not sure if he wants. He got drafted to the Oakland A's, but also declared for the NFL draft. He's not sure which sport he want to play professionally yet. Um, but so he's trying to figure that out. And today he announced that he was actually going to be going to the NFL Combine. So do you think this is kind of him leading towards going to the NFL? you think he just wants to test it out just to see how he does well, at the Combine? What do you think about this? We, we already know this. Kyler Murray already said uh, a couple weeks ago he's that he's going to play NFL. And he, he'll pay the buyout that he owes the Oakland Athletics. 
But he said um, he said if there's a chance no. he's gonna try and play in both. He's, he's not gonna. He's play not because he said he wanted eight mil. What eight million on his first contract to play? Well, well so the A's offered him eight million. He wanted fifteen. He wanted fifteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fifteen, and so he's already said that he's gonna uh, play in the NFL, and the A's are gonna get rid of his contract and have him buy it out instead. Let me throw this at you guys. He gets Oakland, he gets drafted to the Oakland Raiders. Can he play both? No, he can't play both. There's been guys in the past that have played both, though. Yeah, but there's there's been guys in the past that have played both, but those are guys like Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, Jackson, who who are are like freaks of nature. Yeah, they they would be the greatest athletes of uh, this century. But you don't know that he's not. Bo Jack, uh, you're trying to compare Bo Jackson to Kyler Murray. He's... There, there's just no chance. I'll, I'll end this here. He's playing the NFL. He's not playing the MLB. No, there's nothing else yeah. to it. Okay. I, I honestly think it was one of the dumbest moves he could have possibly made. That because MLB, you have a, you have more money. You have a longer career. You have, you will remember your MLB career. You probably, chances are, you really won't remember the NFL career that well. I, I honestly think it was one of his worst moves ever. Yeah. Okay, we're going to wrap it up here. Thank you for listening to After the Whistle Sports Podcast with Dylan, Chase, and Chase. Dylan. Um, We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.